episode of Chelsea Disgrace podcast. I just want to thank everyone who's been listening uh, from the start. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm sorry that I've been off sick for a couple weeks. I had what I'm assuming is mono because I like to kiss boys and sometimes girls in like mass quantities. But I hope you enjoyed the last episode when the uh, handsome boys from Apples and Oranges podcast, whom I've had sex with 50% of them, um, took over the mic and uh, only slightly embarrassed me. Um, I believe during that episode, they asked me to weigh in on if women check out men's bulges. All I have to say is absolutely we do absolutely and you guys have no idea uh it's amazing uh you men think like we can't tell when you're checking our tits and ass but of course we do like we know when our tits and our ass look good and we know that when we take them into public they're gonna get stared at like going out for the day in a pair of workout pants or a top that like accentuates our cleavage is like walking in a really long parade like we know you're looking at them and we can see you and you think you're being all like stealthy but um while we know you're looking at our shit you guys have like no idea that we're looking at your bulge like you're drooling all over our ass and your imagination goes to like thinking about our ass and titties bouncing up and down and then when we look at your bulge like we imagine like how big is it Does it, like, pass average size standards? Is it circumcised? Like, which side of the pants does it go on? Is it hard right now? And I just, I absolutely love checking out men's bulges. Also, um, I don't care what any feminist says. Like, I personally love being checked out. Like, if I walk by a man with my tits looking fine and he doesn't check me out, like, I'm actually very deeply offended. So... I feel very free to go ahead and, you know, take a look at your package. It doesn't make me a perv. Like, I love men and I respect them. But, um, yeah, I'm going to be checking out your bulge. Uh, So I hope that uh, I'm not just speaking for myself. So I posted on Facebook asking if any women um, check out men's bulges or not. And every response was uh, yes. And one of my favorite responses uh, went like this. Uh, There was a dude that worked with me. His bulge was so distracting. I made eye contact uh, with it daily. He would wear light-colored pants, and you could see the meat cylinder extending down the pant leg. It was horrifying. I didn't check it out as much as I was keeping an eye on it to make sure it wasn't coming to claim my soul. Finally, me and my female co-worker acknowledged that we both noticed it and felt less alone in the world. But other than this, no. I'm guessing lesbians aren't your preferred audience for this, but it's all I got for you. So... 
I thought that was pretty funny. And um, now that we have uh, that issue addressed, uh, moving on to today's topic, which is the art of overreacting. So Google defines overreacting as responding more emotionally or forcibly than is justified. But I prefer to define overreacting as a dramatic way of responding to something when, if done correctly, it can be hilarious and adorable. Um, Now, I'm coming from what I'm assuming is a long line of overreactors. Uh, My grandmother, who is no longer with us because she croaked like 14 years ago, um, was notorious for being an overreactor. It's hard for me to remember a lot about her because she died uh, before I was a teenager and her and I had never really gotten too close. I'm assuming she's looking like down on me or up at me. I don't know enough about her to make an assumption of where she ended up, but wherever she is, she's probably looking at me with embarrassment and disappointed because the grace and Chelsea grace comes from my grandmother's mother, who I never met, but probably is like pissed that the slob named after her is such a fucking mess but anyway although it's hard for me to remember a lot about my grandma I do remember that uh, she got gangrene like real bad in her leg and she had to have it uh, amputated and then after that um, when my grandpa would take her to the grocery store in her wheelchair he would leave her parked in one of those uh, like just a spot uh, where when he did the groceries. So he would just kind of leave her by the entrance and she would just sit there like twirling her empty pant leg around and around so everybody knew that she only had one leg and would feel bad for her. So a normal person may maybe have their pants hemmed or just, you know, like chill out in the chair and enjoy the ride, like taking the view, But Granny had to make everybody passing by know that she was down a leg and what I imagine was like seductively just like spinning around her pant leg like she's in a burlesque joke, like completely run and performed by pirates affected by scurvy or something. Um, I always wondered if she ever uh, made any money off doing that, like Maybe she threw her like little old lady chapeau on the ground while she was doing her pant leg helicopter trick and maybe some passerbyers felt bad for her or maybe they were impressed with her agility and threw some coinage her way, like who knows? And then uh, when Grandpa died, she said it was the end of the world and she had nobody that cared about her, so she refused to eat and then passed away a couple months later. So the pant leg thing was a comical overreaction, but I think the not eating thing was maybe taking it a bit too far, I feel like. And then um, at Grandma's funeral, in between visitations, someone stole her rings off her dead body, which is really shitty, yes, but I'm picturing, like, Grandma's ghost haunting whoever stole them every second of every hour of every day for the rest of this person's life which honestly like must be exhausting even for a ghost and then the one time I took my mom to see a psychic medium John Edwards and um, my grandma didn't come through it was probably because she was still busy like haunting the shit out of her ring thief and 
I'm sure grandma like probably got the memo that my mom was with a psychic medium and excited about maybe hopefully talking to grandma, but um, that would mean having to take a short break from haunting the ring thief, and I don't think she was done proving her point quite yet. Um, my mom is also a big overreactor. She turns like everything into a big deal, and I think that's why I used to be so scared of everything, maybe. Um, for example, my mom found a very small amount of ants in her kitchen a couple weeks ago, and now these ants have become like the focus of her entire world. Like She feels the need to keep me fully updated on the status of these ants and how they're ruining her life, and she can't bring herself to use the toaster because she found one ant near it, and then they went away for a short while, and she almost started to relax, but then they ended up coming back, and it was like every horror film ever, like near the end, it always seems like the curse has been lifted, or the demon left the body, or the ghost evaporated, or however you get rid of ghosts, but... Then in the last five minutes, there's always an indication that it's not the end. It's still fucking out there somewhere and on its way back to wreak some spooky havoc. And I'm actually surprised my mom hasn't fumigated the house yet or like lit it on fire or like got a rabbi to bless the house with holy water or something. Because every time I go over for a visit, I never actually see these terrorist ants, but she assures me that they are absolutely everywhere and she will stop at nothing to get rid of them so i told her to give paul rudd a call but she didn't understand why phoebe's husband from friends would be of any assistance to her aunt problem uh then i explained to her that paul rudd is ant man and then she asked me why having an ant-sized man would be of any help and <laughs> that it would just be adding another ant to the problem and I was just too upset by this conversation to even explain anything to her about Ant-Man. So uh, I just decided to pretend to sympathize with her instead of sending my thoughts and prayers during this difficult time. Uh, now here I am, a uh, product of my grandmother and mother in the overreaction department. But uh, where my grandmother and mom overreact about some things that I guess deserve a bit of drama, um, such as losing a leg or, you know, being infested with ants, I tend to become a stronger, more well-held-together person in a major crisis, and I overreact to the little things that don't actually matter. However, uh, most of the time, it's sort of funny, like with the initial anxiety, um, for example, when I was younger, uh, I asked my dad to take me to the park, but he said he was busy doing yard work, and I was fucking pissed, and, like, this was my Saturday afternoon, and as a child of eight, like, Saturday afternoon was a time to do fun shit, and because I didn't know how to entertain myself, besides making my Polly Pockets have lesbian sex with each other, I relied on my parents to set up some, like, fun Saturday afternoon shit for me to do. And seeing as my mom was at work, I expected dad to step up to the plate and like plan some super sweet activity. So when two o'clock rolled around and he was still outside in his cut off jean shorts pulling weeds, uh, I approached him about the park idea and I got shot down. So I decided to grab one of my mom's really fancy china bowls and I put it on the ground in front of the TV 
and then I laid next to it on my side with my head in my hand, and I just drooled into the bowl. So the bowl was almost half full of my drool when my dad came to the house, and he was like, what the hell are you doing? And I'm like, um, like Dad, I'm obviously so bored that I can barely stay awake, and therefore I need something to catch my drool. And then he called me gross and told me not to be so dramatic, but I thought it was kind of funny and really got my point across. And then there was a time um, I was recovering from my breast reduction surgery, which, by the way, do these things like not take because my tits are like barely in my bra right now and I'm wearing a double D cup and like half my areolas are like peeping out the top of my bra like like constantly all day every day and I feel like I have like two children who just won't go the fuck to sleep like they're always sneaking out of bed and coming into the living room and spying on me when I'm trying to drink wine and watch a Hallmark movie on the women's network like get the fuck back to where you belong and I can't bend forward without my nipples hanging out and people at work are like your nipples are hanging out again and I'm all embarrassed and trying to hide it. Like, those aren't my nipples. Like, they're liver spots. Leave me alone. But, yeah, so I had my breast reduction, which already is very traumatic because who knows how many of my friends I'll lose once the knockers don't quite knock as loud as they used to. At the time, they were, like, those, like, giant door knockers you see on, like, old castle doors, and you need two hands just to lift it, and it's, like, super loud, and you can hear it, like, all throughout all the wings of the castle, where after my surgery, I assume they would be more, like, throwing pebbles at a window, like, type of knockers. So I also assume that uh, about 78% of my guy friends would stop talking to me, and my girlfriends would tell me that I made the right choice for my back but are secretly happy because now they have bigger boobs and therefore will acquire more attention. So I was already pretty nervous about it, but I think I did pretty well with the whole experience until uh, my second day of recovery. I took uh, my Percocets, and I had never been on Percs before, so now I'm pretty sensitive to drugs, especially ones I, I haven't had before. I mean, like I once took an Advil colon sinus at work and I almost quit my job so I could go like hike the mountains and really go find myself. And I was just so high. And just the other day, my back hurt so bad that I went to the clinic. And of course, I look like a piece of shit, like worse than a regular piece of shit. I look like if you took a piece of shit and use a toothpick to give it some like crow's feet and then put a wig on it and like just I don't even know like maybe you pulled hair out of a toothbrush and you just stuck it on the piece of shit and then you made an outfit from like a Mennonite's bonnet like I look pretty fucking bad and I was wearing my uh, work shirt which was covered in milk stains um, making me look like a Jackson Pollock painting made with jizz and uh, then I had on a pair of pants, which I don't even think can be considered pants, to be honest. Like, I borrowed them from my mom, and I'm almost positive they were uh, maternity loungewear. And then uh, my thrift shop sneakers. And, of course, I had no makeup on and a hairdo that looked, like, very scary, like, kind of like the rude tree from Wizard of Oz that threw apples at everyone. And then um, my breath also smelled like an asshole. So I'm sitting in the waiting room with my mom because, you know, I'm only 28. I can't go to the doctor by myself. And 
and um, I can hear the doctor talking in the distance. And I turn to my mom, I'm like, oh my God, this doctor sounds like he's really hot. Like, give me a gum. And she's all like, how do you even know he's hot? And I was like, mom, I may not be able to like, I don't know, cook a hot dog without a YouTube tutorial. But if there's one thing I can do, it's like predict if a guy is hot or not. And she's like, okay, like, here's the gum. And sure enough, he was a fucking babe. So I hop up on the little crinkly paper bed thing and I tell him about my back problems. And he asked me how far I could bend over. And it took every ounce of strength in my body not to make a sexual joke. And then he was like, any other concerns besides your back? And I said, yeah, like dying alone. And then I gave him a little look like, like, you want to do something about that? And he was like, well, I can't help you with that. But uh, for your back, I'll give you Tylenol 3s. And then I was slightly disappointed to be shot down by the hot doctor, but not really surprised. So I took one of my T3s and I was flying so high. I stopped by Pluto and apologized for the whole, like, not a planet thing. I was so fucked up and needed to make vegan muffins for girls weekend. So mom had to drive me to the grocery store where I laughed at like literally everything and ended up coming home with like 47 microwave dinners. So yeah, like I was saying, I'm sensitive to drugs. So when I took my perks after my breast reduction, it was quite the emotional time. I was laying on my couch eating a sandwich, as I do, and my dog was just going nuts over the sandwich, which I can't even blame her because it fucking rocked. It was like a 50s housewife sandwich. But, excuse me, but I was just really fucking hot. I wanted to be alone with my sandwich in peace, and she wouldn't stop begging and barking at me, and I just, like, completely broke down. Mom's like, are you okay? And I was like... I just want to eat my fucking sandwich and the dog keeps trying to take away my sandwich from me and it's not fair because I don't go over to her dog bowl and start making noises until she gives me a bite of her dog food and I just don't do that. I don't. So why is she doing this to me? I just want one fucking minute to myself to eat this fucking sandwich. And then I threw the sandwich across the living room and my mom told me I was no longer to um, have any more drugs, which I can understand. Um, I guess, you know, I'll leave it at that today because my throat is super sore and I need it for this weekend, if you know what I mean. So, um, as always, I am here to uh, make you feel better about yourself one Chelsea Grace problem at a time. See ya. She is my child.